Well, everybody, welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast. Super excited that you're with us. Uh, I'm really excited. We have Diva Byrne with us today, all the way from London, uh, which is super awesome. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Running Aces Racetrack and Casino. Uh, always there for us, sponsoring us for, for a couple of years here. So thanks to you guys. Uh, but I don't want to clutter this front end up with any sort of announcements or anything else. I just want to get into the discussion. Uh, those of you who have been uh, with us for the past few weeks know that we've been tackling this 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 question about women in poker and what's going on. Why are there not that many women? Is it a problem? Is it not a problem? What's happening? Why is why is this not happening? And so I'm super excited. Uh, I was referred to Diva by by a mutual friend, I guess, and they said, "Hey, you should talk to Diva Byrne." I'm like, "Oh, I'll talk to Diva Byrne if she's if she's willing to come on." So. Diva, uh, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. No, thank you for having me, guys. Uh, I don't think I ever been on an American podcast before, uh, and it's, I'm very excited to be here. I'm very passionate about women in poker, and I guess like just the right subject that's close to my heart, which I you know wanted to come and participate and talk about and have a discussion with you. You know. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited, and, and it's an issue that uh, you know I think we we need to take seriously, and I want to roll up the sleeves, and I think it's it's one of those issues where you know, I, I can't really opine on it. I can give my perspective, you know, as, yeah, as a, sure. you know, but I'm, I'm just, I'm filled to the gills with privilege. You know, I'm a, I'm a middle-class white male in America. So, uh, you know, it's one of those issues that I can't really talk about other than I'm concerned and let's bring people on who have thought about this more, who have experienced some of the things that we're talking yeah. about. And so that's why I'm super thrilled to have you on. But before we talk about that really quick, mm -hmm. uh, before we started, you had mentioned, oh yeah, I was just running through some hands with my friend, Dara O'Kearney. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and I'm I'm over here salivating like wait a second wait you know we I've got yeah. a great group of guys that we talk about you know hands with and and do those sorts of things but okay you're over there just kind of hanging out with Dara O'Kearney talking hands so yeah we've been friends for a while now with Dara I think probably five years I mean I myself I've been playing poker for ten years but professionally seven years and I we met that with Dara on the um, European Poker Cup, which was held in Cyprus, I think it was like five years ago now. So he was representing the Irish team and I was part of the British team. And basically, this is a concept where you like have people at the table, uh, seven different tables, and everyone gets the cards uh, on the screens, like iPads, but the same cards on each table, the same setup. Oh, interesting. And, yeah. And basically, you, you, it's all about proving that poker is a game of skill. So, and then you play your hand as you would, you know, you think in the most profitable way or the most correct way. And then at the end of the day, you collect the points by winning the most chips at the hand played. So then they compare to different tables, the same player in the same seat, each play, you know, each, each player played the same hand. And basically, yeah, um, at the end, uh, you get your award such a prize for being the best player of the seat or the best country, you know, by collecting the most points and winning the tournament. So that's where I actually met Dara and uh, we've become friends since then and we travel a lot together to different poker events and obviously we were sponsored by Unibet Poker together, which I, you know, uh, left in March now. And uh, so, yeah, we do have a weekly Skype session where we discuss poker and we study together for a few hours, like usually last three to five hours. And um, so, yeah, he's uh, been a great mentor. Obviously, I look up to him. He's one of the best in the world. And like he's always been there for me and giving me advice and making me a better player. And I'm so very grateful. And he's just a true good friend as well. And uh, it's nice to have someone like that to hang out in poker with, you know, to travel together 
because you can be alone again, right? You travel yeah. to different countries, you don't know anyone, and just nice someone, you know, to go for lunch with or someone, you know, console you when you have a bad beat or, you know, you just bust out. And yeah, it's, it's very important, I think, with friendships and uh, close-knit community groups and folk as a general. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that. I mean, that, that's you know, I mean, I I have a million questions because I want to know well, how much yeah. would it cost for me to just listen in on you and you and you and Dada talking. But but just this idea of of learning poker and community, um, that's something yeah. that we're really trying to do. So there's a lot of podcasts, as you know, there's a lot of podcasts, yeah. a lot of content out there, um, even geared toward the recreational player, which we're doing. But one of the things that we're really trying to encourage people is mm-hmm. learning, learn community, learn from each other. Um, yeah. Because so much, so much of the time, the content is is one way. I mean, I can watch a million videos that people tell me what I should do and that could be helpful. But for some of us, we have the personality where we're going to learn better in the context of community. Or like you said, you, know, you can reach out to somebody and say, I had this situation or I took this bad beat or I had this success. And you have people that all automatically know what all of that means and the emotion that goes with that. So uh, yeah. I think that it's really a plug for, you know, be, be part of a community, which, you know, leads me then to the bigger question of, you know, poker as a broader community. And uh, I'm just such a believer that any community is only as as vibrant as its diversity. Uh, I just I just really believe that that's just a really core element for me. Like no matter what your community is, whether it's a, a group of friends, it's coworkers, it's a church, it's a poker community, whatever it is, I just feel like diversity is so critical to, you know, having good perspectives on the world, multiple perspectives, people bringing different things to the table. And so, when I think about the issue of women in poker, part of it is, you know, what's going on? What's the stumbling block? But I feel like as a poker community, we are not operating at our best when we have such poor gender diversity. So that's one of the, the driving forces for me uh, that led me to, to, to have you on the show. So let's, okay. let's talk a little bit about that. Like what, let, let's start with kind of the obvious question for me anyway, um, but I don't know that everybody agrees with this, but is... Is the lack of female players, is that a problem? Do you see that as a problem either, you know, from a gender perspective, from a community perspective? Yeah. I actually, to, to be really honest with you, I don't really see it as a problem. I, I don't actually think that problem is the right even in the world, you know, for this. Uh, I think I could just say it's a shame we don't have as much women playing the game uh, currently. But in comparison, you know, like to what happened five years ago or ten years ago, you know, there has definitely been more women than ever. That's that's a fact, playing poker, if you compare it to 2018. You know, we used to have like 1% and 2% at the WSOP main event, let's say 10 years ago. And last year alone, so nearly 5% of female players in the main event. So, I mean, that, that's huge, right? And yeah. uh, I've been also running the games, you know, for the latest events in the last couple of years, you know, organizing them. And I saw the numbers growing, doubling and tripling from the start until the end, you know, in the last two, two years. So it's, it just shows that, you know, there is a demand, there is a untapped market, and uh, there is lots of interest. So so what do you think is driving? So that, that's good news, right? I think, uh, you know, one of our, our famous Americans, Martin Luther King Jr. said the the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice. So sometimes there's these these long, it takes a long time for the wheels mm-hmm. of society to turn and those sorts of things. So I'm excited to see that that growth is there. I, I agree with you. It's been kind of flat the last few years, but in general, it's growing. So um, I agree. I think there's been a massive grow, and especially in the last few years. And it's just like you said, it's going to take time. And I think 
it's definitely going to grow. It's going to be more diversity, more female players in the future. So what do you feel is accountable for, for the growth that you have seen? Is that uh, just sort of society catching up or is there something uh, specific well, happening? I've got, I mean, lots of different reasons. Like yeah. why, why is it being uh, the growth? Because there's lots of fantastic women working very hard in the industry to, to push more women in poker and to achieve, you know, bigger numbers in the events and just as an industry in general. Um, so we have lots of initiatives such as, for example, uh, GPI winner industry person of the year, uh, Angelica Hill. She, she's amazing. You know, she's been pushing for WPT poker, uh, latest brunches and she's doing, um, Last year, actually, ran the inaugural Women's Focus Summit. You know, we have discussed the industry and what can be changed and how can we achieve, you know, bigger numbers. And uh, I think also companies are recognizing that, you know, uh, it's a market with a big potential and they're trying harder with the marketing initiatives to target this audience. So, for example, special initiatives like... Um, Ladies sit and goes, you know, special streamed events, uh, workshops. You know, I have a lady, you know, uh, Kerry Jane here locally in London, for example, having a monthly ladies club, which is awesome, you know, and uh, everyone's welcome, regardless if you're experienced, uh, professional poker, or if you're just beginner, everyone's welcome to come here and play a compound game and just have a, you know, catch up and prosecco and meet the girls. And, uh, I've got my other friend who's Fiona Sand and she's massive in Norwegian market, really doing lots of work for the ladies. She's got European ladies and Norwegian ladies groups online, this community. So she organizes, you know, the trips for the ladies to come and play, you know, different events in different countries. So there's like this community, like you said, feel. So you don't have to do this by yourself. You've got a big support group and you can join, you know, girls to go and travel together and to go and participate in different events. Uh, well, let me think. Oh, my, my friend Katie Swift as well. She's a growing or sponsored pro. She's fantastic. She last year ran the biggest ladies event in Europe mm. in Goliath. That's 50 pound buy-in and it was massive. It was very well advertised. We ran lots of satellites online and special satellites live. And I guess it's all about that. Just, you know, like doing something special for women, you know, recognizing that the players, celebrating their success, you know, and just positive, putting poker in a more positive light for female players or female potential players. So, so it sounds like you're, you're really encouraged about the, the direction and the momentum that's there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I myself run a, a flip ladies group online, which I started two years ago. And it's abbreviation for Fantastic Ladies in Poker. Yep. So it's a close group just to female, um, to all the women in poker. And we're up to nearly 3,000 members now. And it just shows. I started literally from scratch in March two years ago. And we, yeah, we're up to 3,000. So it shows there is like huge growth and there is demand. And what we're doing there, we basically... Celebrate all the women. So anyone who final tables a live event, regardless of the buying, it can be five pound, five dollar, it can be fifty thousand. So high stake rushes such as Bricknell or you know Lonnie Har- Lonnie Harwood, 
So regardless of your buy-in or your location, it can be a local game, it can be WSOP main event. So I make a little post about the person saying what we played, what was the buy-in, and how, where we finished, and how much we won. And we put a photo of her, and all the girls can get in, congratulate, and they can uh, say nice things about her, ask her questions, you know, like, how did you find, you know, like, the heads up, what part was the hardest, like, any tips. So trying to, to create this engagement between women and also hear all about experience, what it's like playing live. And um, also we have different initiatives for, you know, three-year-olds online. I'm trying to come, you know, the running ladies last live, as I, as I said. And um, so just like creating this community feel. And um, like I said, the more women hear about the game, and that it's okay for them to play and they feel like motivated, I can do it as well. The more of them are gonna play and the more dates I'm gonna have. And it's kind of like it's a vicious circle yeah. which is trying to create. So I guess that's what I'm trying to do. That's how I'm trying to encourage them and motivate them via clip group. I love that. And so is that group available to any female poker player anywhere? Uh, regardless yeah, any, of any female player can join in. Yeah, I mean, so, if, if you're a guy, you, you'll be blocked. You've got no luck, so not even try. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even try. But if you're a woman, everyone's welcome. Yeah. Just so, come on Facebook, type in Fantastic Ladies in Poker, and, uh, yeah, just send a request and I'll approve it. So do that, you guys. All, all you gals that are out there listening or if you know gals that are in the game uh, that are trying to learn the game or, you know, want to be connected with other women, uh, Fantastic Ladies in Poker uh, on Facebook, uh, do that, and Diva will, will let you in. And then you can uh, have that bigger community. So, so when you think about, I mean, obviously it's a lot of great things, a lot of encouragement happening there. You know, I think you're yeah, doing your part, which is f- phenomenal. I love to hear those sorts of stories, um, you know, about there's momentum there. Um, and again, for me, my motivation is because I just want everybody to feel included uh, in, in part of what this great game is. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I try to do, basically. Yeah. Regardless of nationality, if you're just a beginner, if you're a dealer in a poker industry, or if you're a crusher online or live, I mean, everyone is welcome. Everyone's welcome to share the experience. Everyone's welcome to engage and ask questions and post their own success and share it with the rest of the group. I mean, yeah, it's very inclusive and friendly community online for women. Awesome. So, so when you think about now, if we get into like tournament poker, which me and I think a lot of our audience our exclusive tournament poker, some cash, but, you know, talking about the live setting, uh, that's one of the things that comes up a lot in this discussion is uh, a lot of women are not feeling like they're included or they're being uh, intentionally excluded or uh, berated or somehow there, there's something intimidating for a lot of women to play um, in sort of a male dominated game uh, in mm-hmm. a live setting. Uh, and so I, I want to explore that a little bit. I, you know, there, there might be differences between the U.S. and the U.K. and where else you play too. So I want to talk yeah. about that. But but sort of in general, I mean, do you sense that? And are you hearing that? Is that kind of feedback that you get from women? Or what what do you feel like is preventing some women from playing in a live uh, male-dominated setting? Sure. I think there are quite a multiple reasons for that. Um I think when it comes to women, I think one, obviously one of the key ones being intimidated, not necessarily by male players, but by large male audience and presence. So, but that obviously can change the more women we can get to play and the more comfortable they feel and like, and more women are encouraged to join in as well and better, nicer playing environment. 
slightly to Sibishi circle. But one of the other reasons is that obviously family commitments. I think uh, that more women rather than, sorry, what's more family commitments. So women are more likely to stop, you know, playing rather than men because they feel, you know, they need to stay at home with kids, they need to look after the house, you know, and they just, I guess, they have this guilt feeling. Mm. I think for men it's easier to get away from home and like just meet mates or go and do different activities, go and play golf or do sports or the same, go and play poker, right? Uh, I think the woman, they have this connection with kids and family life. I think that's one of the reasons. Um, so sort of, uh, you know, internally they're feeling that, but part of that is built on cultural norms are that yeah. you know, women have historically stayed home more frequently than men. So that's sort of what the, the normal. Yeah. I think they find it harder, you know, to leave kids behind than men in general. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, then I guess first time bad experiences contribute to women not returning to play poker. So, for example, if they got a table, they're quite loud characters, you know, who hit on them or make misogynistic comments. Uh, that obviously puts off a beginner and they, they don't look to return. So I guess what we could do as an industry, you know, um, I guess maybe I was thinking, you know, about that recently, get to know um, the staff, such as dealers and tournament directors, but especially dealers, if they see someone being, you know, like abused at the table or not treated the way they should, just kind of call up the law immediately rather than wait for someone to ask the law. If they see that something is out of order, just interfere and support, you know, the person who is being, you know, abused or, or being, you know, intimidated. So I was thinking like maybe yeah, some kind of extra training for the dealers in relation, you know, like not only women, but in general beginners and new players at the tables. Um, and obviously the same applies here yeah, to, to the rest of the staff. Um, just be more supportive and more inclusive. And what's the thing? So yeah, that, yeah that's yeah, I think on that point too. I mean, I think, Sometimes, you know, there's sort of the blatant piece of it, which, you know, you see that sometimes where, yeah, people are, you know, women are getting hit on or they're being disrespected, you know, where it's really just super obvious stuff. Uh, But sometimes, you know, I I sense, well, I And no one one says anything sometimes. No one. Sometimes it's more subtle, right? It's more just sort of subtle or, you know, guys are making jokes that are inappropriate back and forth. And the woman is sitting right there. And sometimes the dealer is even part of that in my experience. Too. So there's sort of this, almost like this, it's like an undercurrent oh, really? of... I don't have that, actually, the dealer. That's interesting, actually, yeah. Yeah, and they, I don't think they realize what they're doing, but I think there's yeah. sort of this under, like this cultural norm at some poker tables and some poker rooms where, you know, it's a guy's club and it's just a guy's club. So, you know, we can talk about our sexual exploits yeah. or we can talk about women in a derogatory way or even not in a derogatory way, just sort of joking about whatever... Um, and it just like, like people haven't realized that there's a woman, I mean, they shouldn't be doing that anyway. I'm a believer that that's not appropriate anyway, but you know, there's a woman sitting right there and like people aren't connecting the dots that this could be offensive. And so I'm kind of yeah, wondering, I, you know, how much of that do you, do you, do you pick up on as a woman 
you know, maybe I'm hypersensitive to it now, but I feel like I see it all the time. But like, as a woman sitting there, whether you're, you know, put off by it or not, how much of that do you kind of pick up on just that there's kind of this general vibe of, um, you know, the good old boys club or not really thinking about women in in an equality sort of way? So I think, yeah, for that reason, there should be more education and more training for the tournament stuff, a lot of cash game stuff, or just casino stuff in general, right? And what sometimes replace, that's what we only need, you know, like for you to tell them that it's not okay, that in this environment it's not okay, because, you know, they might not realize we are doing that. You know, I recently had a guy, you know, at the table call me, oh, you know, nice, nice fold, you know, darling. And I was like, look, I'm not your darling. Mm. And she was like, oh, yeah. what's wrong with that? And I was like, no one calls me darling. I said, do you call employees in your office darling as well? Do you refer to them like, oh, hi, beautiful? And he goes like, no, but it's not an office. I was like, well, for me, it's working environment. So I don't think these comments are appropriate. And he was like, well, I never thought about it like that. He said, I'm sorry if I offended you. I said, apologize. And that's, that's only that. Yeah. It's all content, right? So. And I, I think, think that that is the solvable problem. I think that's such an important piece because I think there are a lot of guys that will say things like darling or whatever, and they don't mean anything by it. They really don't. No. It's just sort of yeah. how they were raised, but they're, so they're not thinking about it from, from your yeah. perspective. And so, yeah, yeah, I think to be able to say, you know, I just, I'm just not comfortable with that. The use of that term in whatever way that you say that I think yeah. is, I think is great. I think it is an education sort of thing. So I think it, it really yeah. is, you know, a lot of stuff with, diversity and inclusivity and those things is about putting yourself in the perspective of the other person. And I think we just don't do that, especially as the privileged white male, you know, we just kind of walk through our life as a, as a bull in a China shop. We've always been without really thinking about what we're doing to the China, you know, or whatever. So I think, I think that's really good that you handled it that way. Yeah. I mean, over the years, I just, you know, you know, put together quite a few lines and comebacks to the people that make, you know, those kinds of comments. But I never get, you know, tilted or angry. You know, I just, like, I always feel, feel I have to educate them. And um, so, yeah, there are a number of funny ones that I get all the time. You know, like, you get someone coming to right. the table, all the tables playing the game. And then, you know, there's, like, guy comes in and goes, like, oh, oh, it's nice to have a girl at the table. Uh, would you like a drink? And then I go, um, are you getting the rest of the table a drink? Right. Okay. Yeah. And, he was like, uh. Uh, and everybody else is like, yeah, are you? All right, let's, yeah, let's go. Yeah. So like, well, we, you yeah. mentioned that. I'm, I'm, if you're getting the drink to everyone else, like, yes, I'll have one. So. Yeah, if I'm included as part of part of one of the group, right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I talked to Eileen Sutton. I don't know if you know her as well. Um, you know, both of you are, are playing professionally. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you're, you know, you strike me as women who, who have a very good perspective and who are also mentally Thank tough. You. You know, you're, yeah, you're sort of yeah. mentally tough. Like, and I'm kind of curious, like, uh, do you feel like to be a female, either a professional player or, you know, a, a really regular recreational player, you just have to have an additional toughness that maybe men don't have to have because of what you face in the environment? Do you feel like you have to be tougher than a, a male pro emotionally? I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think okay. it's just kind of something you develop over time. And you kind of um, just adjust to the, you know, the game dynamics and the tables. And I think, yeah, your toughness kind of also increases, the levels of toughness increases as you, you know, as you go kind of the more you play, you know, the more 
situations you comes across is the same like with hands. You know, the more you play, the better you become, you know, and more, you know, spots you see and analyze them. It's the same like, yeah, live you play and you get different tables, different countries, different people, and you kind of adjust and, you know, like, and you, you try to teach them and you become tough and you don't react to, to comments anymore, you know, and just like, yeah. I don't necessarily think you have to be tough to start with, but I think you just learn as you go. Okay. Because, I mean, that sounds mentally tough to me. <laughs> but, but oh, really? I, well, it does, you know, and I think I'm thinking about it from my perspective. Uh, and I'm a people pleaser. I, I like people to like me. And I, I do this as a hobby. You know, I'm not a professional yeah. player. I just like to go. And and if it's not fun, I'm like, I don't want to go. Like, I tend to play weekday tournaments more than week or weeknight tournaments because the people mm-hmm. are just more fun. And I was trying to I was trying to imagine, like, what would it be like if I was the minority and it was sort of a hostile environment? I don't know that I would play. As much as I love the game, I would go play online. Because I was trying to think, like, what if I were walking into these situations and it was all women and the women were yeah. like, ooh, hey, hey, hunky, you know, hey, whatever, hey, you know, <laughs> which you know, they never say to me, but like, you know, hey, can I buy you a drink? Hey, oh, nice, nice play for a guy, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever these things are, you know, I, I think I would be like, why would I do this? Like, I'm here to have fun and I feel like I'm being, you know, called out or being yeah. made fun of or maybe they're laughing behind my back when I bust or, you know, what's happening. And so yeah. I was, I, that's where I was thinking, boy, I feel like I would have to be a much tougher person emotionally to play the game in that situation. And so that's where I'm kind of translating mm-hmm. that wondering from a female perspective, the the, yeah. the women that are playing, I feel like they must be mental, more mentally tough than I am because they're able to withstand that, even if it is subtle. But like, you know, in any working environment back in the office days, you know, like you just never know who's going to be, you know, your work colleague and you know who is in your team and there's always so many diverse different personalities with different backgrounds and you have to make it work you have to you know you have to get on with everyone you have to do the job you're employed to do and you just have to adapt right to to different you know requests and people and I find it the same in poker you know like there's like nine people at your table one of them is you and Regardless of your personalities, you just have to do the job and you try to make the best decisions and you focus on the play, on the hands, and all the background noise, who says what or who does what, you know, it just kind of carry out, you know, and just be there, you know, to, to compete mentally and, you know, psychologically, mathematically, and, you know, you just don't worry about all the rest of what's happening, you know, like at the table, you just kind of zone out. And that's how I find it. But I totally see your point where you're coming from. And I think that applies a lot to the beginners. That's why I get, you know, like girls at my table, I can see straight away spot them, you know, like if they are, you know, just recreational or they're professionals, you can tell the difference straight away, right? You know, yeah. they, they look, they shuffle the chips, what they say, how we play the hands, I can tell within five minutes, you know. And um, so I always try to be super protective. I feel like it's it's my job to make, the experience, experience as possible, positive as possible so we can walk away, you know, nice things to say about the, the game and, you know, the people and that we come back bringing, you know, their friends, maybe, you know, their spouse and just, you know, got only positive experience. That's really yeah. good. So, so what I heard in there is sort of you have to separate the game from the environment a little bit. And yeah. so is that, was that sort of what your advice would be? Let's say, I know we have a number of uh, female players that are listening and probably even more during this series. 
Um, and I know some of them are are struggling with this issue. Like, why do I, I love the game so much, yeah. but I go and I get caught up in this, uh, you know, some of the, this misogyny. And so yeah. um, what what's your advice to those gals? Is it sort of, you know, just try to separate it, try to tune that out and focus on the game or what advice do you have for the gals that are out there right now listening that are yeah. saying, I want to play more poker, but I just don't know if I can emotionally handle it or I have to approach it with such fear that I'm going to be, you know, um, abused in some way. Like what, what would you say to that person? Well, I would say, I guess first thing to ask yourself is like, are you playing to have fun or are you playing to make the most money as you can by making the right decision? So there's obviously two different strategies to approach the game, regardless of what's your goal. So, if you're there just to have fun, obviously get a drink and, you know, interact with everyone and have, you know, play as few hands or as many hands as you like and, you know, basically just have fun, right? Uh, but if you're a professional, you've got a totally different approach. Like I said, you just go there, you try to cut out all the people, you know, who say basically don't get emotionally involved in anything. Yeah. Just focus on your hand and just Make the notes if you want to improve, you know, like you want to discuss later with your hand. So basically take this time, you would be arguing with someone to invest in yourself to improve as a player. So take the notes, think about the hand you could have played differently. Observe the players, that's one of the key, you know, one of the key aspects of the game. You know, it's so important life health and just like watching the players and finding out the different reasons you play the game and the motivational, you know, points so just i would say improve invest time rather than feeling negative into improving your game watch your players identify who's the best player at the table watch them non-stop you can't watch everyone else so focus on one player and just focus on your play and think of the different routes you could have played the hand and possibly better I think that's that's way. And if if that doesn't work, maybe just use the headphones and listen to the music, like yeah. which is calming, like you know, motivational talking or like like yoga, you know, or mm-hmm. this kind of you know, like very relaxing. Some sort background. of meditation, yeah. yeah. And I, I know you know people, and I've well, I've done this, uh, you know, not because of that, but I've worn headphones without music, just as yeah. basically a way of kind of putting myself in the zone and basically sending the yeah. message to people yeah. that I don't want to talk. And I'm normally a really yeah. chatty person, but yeah. if I'm at a table where I just know I'm not going to want to hear this, or mm-hmm. I don't want that person to kind of get under my skin, I'll just put them on. Even if I'm not listening to music, as just exactly. Sort of, if you're more sensitive, so just put the headphones on. So you don't really need even to hear anything. Right. Or it just kind of sends a message that you're not going to be able to pick on me because yeah. I can pretend that I don't hear you. Exactly. <laughs> you can just have sound off, right. And just listen. Right. Also, myself personally, I never use headphones at the table. I just think there's too many details you can miss out yeah. on by not listening to conversations or people commentating post post hand. You know, they right. That so, that's why I'll often wear them without sound, so I can still hear everything. But yeah. I I rarely I never wear them here in Minnesota uh, where we're broadcasting. But like when I go out to Vegas for the World Series, I always bring a backpack and I always have them in the bag because invariably uh, you run into somebody that you just don't want to listen to anymore when you're stuck there for yeah. ten hours. So I use them there, but I think, I think it's, it's not a bad idea to just have some with you in case you need yeah. to uh, kind of go into your own zone. So have you noticed any sort of a difference as you travel around? Uh, are there countries, are there, uh, are there any sort of, um, I guess, sort of themes that emerge as far as when, you know, places are more 
uh, more abusive versus less? You know, is it type of the casino or is it country? I would, or to be honest, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say you get lots of abuse at the tables in general. I think I find personally men actually very welcoming and you know accepting of female poker players. We actually want more of them, and we we enjoy the game more than we have female or a few at the table. It's just overall creates more positive and fun Good. environment for everyone. And so I think what I've noticed, we are most of the time very inclusive and very welcoming. But obviously, as like everywhere, yeah. you get the pictures of the one order, you know, or like one character being drunk or whatever. But it's just it's a rarity. It doesn't happen very often at all. Good. So I Good. don't want to, you know, like yeah. messages is like playing poker as a feeling is like yeah, you get abused and you get like yeah, I don't think it happens all the time. And it really happen a lot. It, you know, some of the gals I talk to, yeah, abuse is maybe a strong word, but I do, uh, you know, get a get a pretty strong sen- sentiment from a lot of women that you know there's just an undercurrent of of stuff that they just don't like. And yeah, I think they they do run into a lot of. I think the most common is a little bit sexist comments. Yeah. They just people, most of the time they don't give you enough respect as if being good female player. They just right. assume, oh, you are the soft spot, right? Okay. And so do you, like, do you feel they you play? Play, they assume you can't be a pro. You're just like there for fun, maybe playing your husband's money, that kind of thing, you know. So do they play different against you, and can you exploit that? Well, yeah, all the time. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what you do. Right. And that's the best fun, way to counteract it, right? My plan, this, this, uh, my plan for WSOP in the summer is actually for the first couple of weeks before playing, you know, like WSOP main event and all the other big, bigger games. Then I'm gonna play at the Venetian at the win. I'm just literally gonna like let my hair down, put the sunglasses <laughs> on, put the red, red lipstick on. Nice. Think I'm there on holiday, getting suntan, and just like literally just came back, you know, from shopping with my shopping bag. I'm gonna try this image, you know, and see how it works because usually I'm wearing a hoodie and trying okay. to be as comfortable as I can. So my plan is for summer, just try this out with a strategy and see, you know, what happens and what different attitude like I get, you know, and different, you know, play versus me. Because like when you look like a pro, and obviously you play like a pro, they very soon realize you you can play. And uh, but if I look like I'm just a tourist, yeah, uh, that would be yeah, super interesting. So what, what, I'm gonna try that and see how it works out. I let you know. What what's but your th- yeah? What's your th- what's your theory on that? What do you think people play like? Will think they can bet you off of more things? Yeah, they- we're gonna definitely try to make me fold more, and we're gonna try to. Uh, Bluff versus more versus me more, yeah. you know. Uh, so yeah, obviously I'm gonna adjust my ranges accordingly, and you know. But I think I'll I'll definitely have an edge by doing that, just playing this role, you know. I love <laughs> it. I not? love it. Well, that's a great. Yeah. I mean, that would make a great you know article or book or something too. And maybe somebody's done that, but just to kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't read it. Have you seen that? I, I've not. I just think it'd be fascinating. Yeah, if you do it, and you'd, if you'd love to come back on after, I'd love to kind of just yeah. explore that because okay. you know we're we're constantly talking a little bit about you know how do you how do you play against different player types, and so there yeah. is a different you know you you know there's sort of a different perspective. If I saw you show up in a hoodie and handling your chips like a pro, I would I, I would mean, start, exactly I would range you different. I'd try to avoid pots with you if you showed up yeah, like a tourist, whether male or female. If you show up, you know, <laughs> like you just showed up in the pool with your shopping bag. I might yeah, be like, okay, exactly. I'm going to get into more pots of this person. I'm going to try to outplay them a little bit more. So I, yeah. you know, I, I would do that. And I think that's interesting to see if you actually see a difference in that. Yeah. 
I know that's exactly what I do. The first thing when I sit down at the table, so obviously I check out everyone's tags. Yeah. And then I, after seeing, you know, like the first few orbits, I just like profile them, you know, in my mind, you know, based yeah. on what we've done and, you know, chip stack and everything else, like you said, you know, the looks and the way we handle chips, just profile the loose or passive or, you know, just tag them with different, you know, notes and stuff. Right. Until they prove otherwise. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Unless I get to see more hands and then, you know, you're just like erasing like, <laughs> like new, new notes in your head. <laughs> So we're we're all set yeah. we're all set time and I want to respect your time. So uh, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. It's been okay. also fun. I mean, we can just continue. I've got no other plans, so it's fine. If you want to ask more questions, and okay. Stuff, well, yeah, I've got another five minutes before I've got to get ready for another another call. But like, oh, sorry, um, yeah. No, no. I think. Well, yeah. What else did you want to share? Like, sorry. No, I was going to say, what else did you want to to share? Oh, there? I think another good question is like, what we can do more to yeah. encourage. Or did we talk about because I didn't talk about specialist marketing campaigns? No, we, we haven't really talked about that. That's kind of where I wanted to end. Like, okay, so, you know, in general, what can we do? But also, you know, as, as a, you know, a, a small a podcast with, you know, a few thousand listeners every week, you know, we want to feel like we're doing our part. You know, what, what whatever influence we have, what can we do? So as an industry, as a individual player, but as a, you know, as somebody that has a little bit of a platform, what can we do to help um, not this problem? But the, the shame of, you know, fewer women playing poker, like what can we do to help? Uh, yeah, well, so I think obviously it's amazing to hear guys that you're trying to do that and pushing, you know, like podcasts, having, you know, female, you know, um, guests and, you know, you're, you're doing an amazing job and uh, seeing what else can be done. Obviously, lots of big brands, I think they should just introduce more specialist marketing campaigns as well more specialist marketing efforts uh, in terms, for example, now when you see, you know, adverts for promoting poker on, on TV, you see this like person in a hood with sunglasses, right? Playing, you know, in a dark, you know, room. Right. Uh, alone in front of computer. But I mean, if I'm here at home, you know, with my kids, I'm thinking, well, it's definitely not the place I want to go. I mean, this <laughs> right. is really, scary. Like this game is really putting me off. Like why do I have to wear glasses and why I have to be, you know, like, Mother lit game and it's just not very welcoming, right? It's not very inviting. Right. So I think there should be, you know, softer advertising or, you know, kind of more female based, more female targeted. So that's that's one of the things. And obviously just what else did I want to say? You're gonna edit it, right? What was that? Edit? You're going to edit this. Uh, I don't really edit it much unless there's really a reason to. So, no. Why? Why? What do you? What do you want to edit? What do you want to edit away? I'm just saying. I'm trying to think. Actually. Oh no! You know, this we're having a discussion. Nobody, nobody expects us to be. If you listen to us week after week, you'd realize we we just have discussions here. Uh, It's really about building community. So it's you know the editing I do is only if like somebody drops the f bomb, I might take that out. Or if or somebody says, oh shoot, I said something about somebody I didn't want to say, I'll take that out. Otherwise. We just roll yeah. with it. I think that's what our people enjoy. So uh, know your, your ums and your ahs. Those are all going to be in there with all oh the world god. to hear. Oh my god, that's going to be the most. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bill can talk. <laughs> so uh, yeah, another thing, so I think like obviously all the live tours should have ladies event. And I think that's very, very important because it targets beginners. And, you know, uh, like we said, perhaps someone who's not, emotional or mentally strong and who is there for the first time to play poker, they feel more comfortable in a female only environment. And that I think that's 
basically have a point of play this event and every talk, every talk should have that in my opinion and then again all the specialist initiatives such as uh, special games for perhaps international women's day you know uh, special uh, charity events you know for invitational ladies being streamed and everyone can tune in you know all the other females back at home you know can tune in and see what it's like sitting at the table and you know what it's like being there you know playing poker like just see how positive and fun it is and that's how we should promote a game really. okay yeah. good good yeah, yeah and all the podcasts i think like for example, Sarah Herring is running another fantastic podcast and Jamie Kirstner. So it's amazing to see all the female, you know, being involved, not only just playing poker, but also represent representing female in the industry as a general, doing different things to create this hype and uh, attract, you know, a little bit more publicity to female players. Right. And, and that's that's yeah. one of the things that I love to do too is, I mean, I think, you know, we, we have trouble getting uh, female guests on the show to talk strategy. And so... You know, the way that yeah. the show's kind of worked, you know, we have a lot of guys that have come on the show, a lot of big name guys, and we talk strategy and all those things. And then yeah. when, you know, to, to try to get women on the show, they end up talking, you know, about things like this, you know, issues of women in poker, which is phenomenal. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, one of the things I really want to do is start getting women more involved in the strategy pieces because they're, they think about the game just as well as yeah. guys, but for whatever reason, well, you know, and yeah. because I think if, if women see women talking strategy and, and those sorts of things, I think that yeah. helps them feel like they belong if they want to talk strategy yeah. as well. well. I think that's a great idea. And I'm actually already doing that with my uh, mates at the well, GPI podcast of the year, Chip Race. So I'm actually one of the main, you know, contributors for the Chip, strat Chip Race strategy segment. And I'll do that usually with Dara. So yeah, if everyone, anyone wants to check it out, come and yeah, have a look at it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, check, check that yeah, out. Too. I think the more, the more uh, podcasts do that, I think it's, it's brilliant and more coverage we receive as a female yeah, in and, the industry. And we've talked about too, we just need, we need you, David, to go and make the, uh, the World Series of Poker main event final table. We need a woman at the That's final the table. Point. We need a woman Let's to win the thing. Let's go. Do you, know that, do you know that the last woman actually to make the main yeah. WSOP main, main event final table was in 1995? Yeah. The only female player to ever make a final table. I know. And like there, a few years ago, so was it? you. Gail and I forget who they were finished 11th and 12th or something right in the cusp of yeah, it always happens like just outside yeah the table but the final table usually in the last few tables that we just not made it for the last live or 14 yeah so hopefully this year so why don't you do that why don't you do that this year why don't I you, why don't you... Try my best. I am playing the main event yeah, so I know <laughs> so I, I think you are the person you're the time is is now for you to win the main event uh, bring oh, home, you. bring oh, home the eight million dollars, and you know, and, and create the the women in poker boom like Chris Moneymaker did for the average Joe, you know, several years yeah. ago. So yeah, that, that's your job now. So you you need to win the main event. So now you have your your task uh, ahead of you for the summer. <laughs> but um, well, any other female, I'd be happy to see a final right. tabling. Right, but might as well, but might as well be you. Right, I'm always oh, I'm happy sure to see other female players doing really well. It makes me very happy. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I agree with that. But, you know, it might as well be you. Yeah. It might it might as well. Why not? Are, you, are you playing? Are you playing in the... Uh, are you going to be in Vegas? I've never played the main. I've gone out... So two years ago, I'm just a pure recreational player. So two years ago uh, was the first time I ever went to Vegas in my life. Uh, and we went out for the World Series. And I played one bracelet event, but otherwise just like the Daily Deep Stacks and that sort of thing. And just yeah. loved it. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. It was unbelievable. 
Um, and so last year we went out there again. Now this year we've got a group of seven or eight of us that are going out there. Uh, I'm going to play in, I think, three of the bracelet events with the smaller ones, $1,000, um, just the no limit hold'em, you know, $1,000 okay. buy-in one. So, so I'm kind of easing my way into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would love to play the main event at some point. Um, yeah. Uh, just got to get, get some World Series caches under my belt and kind of build up that track record. But, uh, no, I'm, it's on the radar for sure. Excellent. I, I, I no doubt you're going to be doing that in the future. Uh, that's it's just so like the most fantastic feeling, you know, like it's to me, I always, I describe this to my family and relatives saying it's like yearly Olympics of poker. Yeah. You've got like 10,000 players from different countries of the world. They're competing for the main prize. This is usually around $10 million for first place and the glory, you know, of being, you know, the best player in the world. So it's just like attracts such a mix of players. I think like a couple of years ago when I played, I had Paul Walter, you know, who's obviously one of the biggest yeah. MTT pressures in, in America. He's got 8 million in winnings. And then next door, next to my right, I get a guy who says like, I only play twice a year. I play my local <laughs> $100 Christmas special. And then I play WSOP main event. I was like, this is amazing. And he was already drinking beer as he played his first hand. I was like, this is going to be fun. <laughs> and, and that's what I, that's what I, that's to me the big draw of it. Obviously the, the, the money, the reality yeah. is, you know, I mean, you know, I'm not going to win the thing. That's just the reality. Uh, but just to be in the mix, like we've talked about, like if I love basketball, I'm not going to yeah. be able to go play with LeBron James. Uh, I'm not going to be able to go play soccer with Ronaldo. I'm not going to go, you know, just because, you know, I, I just don't have that ability to do it, but here I am, I can go play in the same time. I think you can go play and you win, but you know what happened to John Hesp, you know, British guy who right. came yeah, for sure. Right. last year. Well, he, he only plays 20 pound games, equivalent of like, <laughs> yeah. games locally. And then he goes there and wins 2 million. Yeah. But just the opportunity to be, you know, to play with the best in the world, you know, yeah, where you don't have to qualify. Everyone got a chance to be on a final table. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's such a cool thing. Well, we get, we have to uh, we have to part ways, unfortunately. But uh, I, I know people are going to say, "How do I get in touch with her? How can I connect with her?" So I know uh, I know we've got Baltic Blonde is your Twitter handle. Uh, yeah. Which is, is that just Baltic Sea, or is there a story it's, there behind? Uh, Baltic, uh, as from Baltic states, so as I'm originally from Lithuania. Okay. Uh, Baltic underscore Blonde. And yep. uh, I'm also on Instagram. If everyone wants to check out, anyone wants to check out, and yeah, I think it's the same. Let me check. Okay, so <laughs> and I I can for sure post these in the in the show notes too. But yeah, if you find it there, yeah. let me know what what you. So have. on Instagram is actually Baltic Blonde, one word. Okay, still B A L T I C B L O N D E. Yeah. yeah. But no, no underscore. So the Twitter has the yeah. underscore okay, in the middle. Underscore and Instagram one word. Okay. Fantastic. And then it sounds like we can hear you. I had such a wonderful time. Thank you for having me. Oh, it was so fun. Time just, time just flies by. And, <laughs> it was really lots of fun. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you doing that. And for your first American podcast, I, I had no idea. Yeah. So that, that's, yeah a, that's a huge honor for me uh, to be part of that oh, deal. Well, that's for honor, honor for me to be on one here. All right. Well, we'll have you on again later. We'll talk some strategy uh, we'll, we'll roll up some sleeves. Yeah, I'm definitely we'll, up for talking strategy hands and hopefully catching up what happened in Vegas, me wearing, you know, like a doll outfit. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Maybe we can run into each other out there. That'd be super fun, but, uh, best of luck out there. And, uh, I'd love to be one of your first interviews when you win the main event. Um, uh, <laughs> so don't forget the little people, uh, when that happens, but yeah, seriously, best of luck on, on everything. And thanks for your wisdom. Thanks for your insight. 
uh, as we try to, you know, kind of get our arms around this issue and mm -hmm. uh, be a more inclusive community. So I appreciate that. My All absolute right. pleasure and keep up the good work, guys. All right. Thanks, Diva. Well, uh, that's Thank it. Uh, thanks to Running Aces, who is our sponsor. Thanks to Diva for joining us all the way from the UK. We figured out the, the time commitment and, uh, and we'll, we'll catch you next time, everybody. Good luck on and off the felt.